I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 13 and preview of round 14. This episode is brought to you by International Call-Ups, keeping your fantasy game fresh by making sure you have no idea how teams will line up. Uh, what? No, no, no. Um, actually, kind of true. Actually, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight, I'm joined by some great co-hosts. We have Michael Denton, Jason Wiskovich, and our special guest, Tim Shaw from Soccer Captains. How is everyone tonight? Hello, doing well, doing well. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Glad to have you. Uh, we have some special news we'd like to start out with tonight. Uh, Mike? Yeah, uh, one of our co-hosts, Blaine, just had a baby girl. Uh, I think you said her name was Lucy. Um, Lily. Regardless, Lily. Lily. L-Y, it's close enough. But anyway, she's a beautiful baby girl if you haven't seen the picture on Twitter. Uh, so we wish Blaine and his wife uh, the best as they get started on the journey to parenthood. And um, yeah, congratulations, Blaine. Yay. <laughs> Very nice. Yes, congrats. Congrats all. Uh, well, that's probably the most exciting news that's happened this week. Uh uh, but let's let's talk about round thirteen. How did your teams do, guys? Oh well, um, did okay. I'm pulling it up right now. I had to, as you all know, I had to switch over from my Mac to my iPad. So if somebody else wants to go while I get this up, Mike. Sure. Um, I had seventy four points, which I assumed was a terrible round until I started looking at everyone else's scores, and <laughs> uh, everyone else did poorly too. Um, uh, I think I was lucky because I had Schweinsteiger, which was a, a little bit of a differential for me. Um, didn't have Almiron, which you know would have made it a super awesome round. But um, between Schweinsteiger and Rusnak, which seemed to be some differentials this week, uh, did okay. Got 74, but that zero at Youngworth is just bugging me as I'm looking at the screen. <laughs> Tim? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was going to say uh, Jason was actually my opponent in the MLSFI uh, league this week. Uh, spoiler alert, everybody! But and we actually tied this week with uh, with sixty two points. Um, what killed me this week was Victor Bernardez uh, got me a nice negative two, really, uh, really bringing me down. And uh, you know, between that, the Dallas lineup changes at the very last minute. I mean, I had a, lot, I had a few high points. I ended up sticking with Jesse Gonzalez because I felt like he still had a great chance at a clean sheet anyway. Um, you know, Nico Ladero, Almiron, and uh, Nikolic got me, you know, a few goals, but that was about it. Not, not a great round. Yeah, and obviously the same thing with me at 62. Um, Captain Ladero had Rusnak. Uh, the, I'm a little upset, though, because uh, Calvin and I were talking, and the first bad advice Calvin has given me all year, um, I took, took a – Giovanni Dos Santos, Alessandrini, and Almiron out for Clustion, Teixeira, and Dempsey. And that cost me, I don't know, what, 30-something points. 
So I hate you, Calvin. Thank so. you, Calvin. <laughs> well, as, as we were talking before the show, Tim pointed out that uh, for me, at least I can say that it's it's the first time that my team has just actually sucked this year, and at least I wasn't playing Weeby. I got 52 points. Everything just uh, did not work out as I planned. Uh, I was not at my computer during the Dallas change, and so I had to do some changes on my phone, and and not all my switcheroo didn't work out, and some of my my differentials didn't work out, uh, and, and so it was it was just an all around pitiful round for me. Um, but I didn't play Weeby, so I did not lose <laughs> to Weeby. That's good. But yeah, fifty two points. Um, I'll, that being being what thirteen weeks in before you have your first worst round that's i'll take that that's that's not but everyone everyone gets one every now and then so uh, forget that double game week that's what i'm hoping to make up some points so guys anything notable or important that you want to talk about from the round 13 yeah um chris wandalowski scored uh, tk captained him proud of you man I'm, keep it strong keep the love and faith strong well as the uh the resident new york reds bull supporters uh supporter of the group here. Um, I got to say the game against new England was the first time they've looked put together and we're actually putting together passes, stringing, the, stringing together passes really well, creating a ton of chances for the first time in what seems like the last month. I think the last time they looked that good was against Chicago when Dax McCarty came back to red bull arena. I'd say it was probably their most complete performance so far this season. And even though they only won two to one, you know, after the first 20 minutes, they, they could have put in four or five the way they were playing. So it'll be interesting to see how they do up against Montreal this weekend when they go on the road. But, you know, this could be a turning point for my boys. Yes, Montreal, who is currently killing it against uh, a B team at best, Vancouver, in the Canadian Championship game tonight. Uh, yeah, it, they did do very well after they got that fire lit under their butt with that after that PK and that first 10, 15 minutes went by. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was good to see them respond like that. They just, you know, hopefully they can build on it. Well, I think the biggest news of the, of the past round has to be that 5-0 route that Toronto laid down upon the Columbus crew. I don't know if anyone saw that coming, uh, particularly Marum, who got pulled and did not seem all too pleased about it. But uh, perhaps that bodes well for the double game week coming up. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, but I enjoyed that game. Did you guys see that game? Yeah, the odds makers knew that because uh, I was talking to Guy about that. I'm like, I have a sneaky feeling that Columbus may put up a clean sheet or something. And Guy, we are texting back and forth. And Guy was like, nah, dude, these uh, these Vegas odd makers are saying that Columbus is a heavy, heavy underdog. And uh, during the game, it was like, I think like 2-0. Two, two I texted Guy, I'm like, wow, you know, good looking out. And he's like, right. And then check ten minutes later, and it's five nothing. I'm like, wow! I, I that they, they know something, man. I, I want that crystal ball. <laughs> I don't they know like if I to smack it down. I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, Columbus and Toronto have some histories of some some pretty decent point scoring games, but with with the names that were missing for Toronto, I I don't think uh, I think two zero would have been a very impressive win for them in general. But five zero is just a complete breakdown of the crew as, as far as I'm saying, but it was, it was a heck of a game to watch to see, to see guys with their first time starting, get some assists and, and new goals and subs coming in, getting goals. And it was, it was a very fun game. So if you have not watched it on replay, then I would definitely check that out. Toronto is a team. I mean, fantasy wise going forward, they're a team that even without their big names is figuring out how to score, how to score big and win. So 
the depth is there and they're they want that cup again they they don't want to have that they want that second chance so it's it's a team to to deal with uh, otherwise, I think San Jose, L.A., like you were mentioning, Jason, is another great game to look at. L.A. getting it done on the road. Uh, maybe they're finding some form. Don't know if the international break is going to put a choke in that. But, yeah, Dos Santos, Alessandrini coming up big when they need to. Um, but Wando got that goal, so good for him. And then, Mike, I have to ask you, I did not get Almiron. And the whole reason I did not get him is because I had more faith in the New York City FC defense, even on the road, that they could do something to just gum up the Atlanta works. But what happened? Uh, well, I mean, they did a great job of gumming up the Atlanta works for 82 minutes, um, which is the problem. <laughs> and I mean, there was only like this eight-minute period where they let in three shots, just that all three of those shots scored because New York City. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's what Atlanta can do, you, you know, um, you know, it was the end of a four-game road stretch for New York City. Um, you know, this was one of those where the last time New York City and Atlanta played, um, Almiron was marked by Angel Herrera, you know, who's at the U-20 World Cup right now with Venezuela being a huge part. He just scored a goal to to send them into the, the next round. Um, and the replacement for him uh, this week was Mikey Lopez. Uh, Lopez did great against Orlando with Kaká, but not so much against Almiron. So, um, you know, that might be a, a concern going into this next week um, with New York City having to face win, especially with uh, Alex Ring going to be suspended uh, for the first half of the double game week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably just one of those, well, you shrug it off. It's a road game against Atlanta. And we know, you know, if, if you take a snooze against Atlanta, they're, they're going to punish you. And that's what happened on Sunday. Indeed. Okay, guys, that's. All I wanted to mention as far as the games that stood out to me, is there anything else you want to mention game-wise or particularly any fantasy takeaways that you think people need to be aware of leaving round 13? My fantasy takeaway is load up on Chicago when they're at home. I mean, <laughs> Schweinsteiger didn't – I mean, Schweinsteiger got 11 points and, you know, he wasn't one of the goal scorers. Um, you know, Nikolic, I think we all know by this point how explosive a goal scorer he is. But, I mean, all across the board, when they're at home, they're generating a lot of points. It's not the same case on the road. I mean, most of the teams that we see this year, if they're on the road, you don't want them. But when Chicago's at home, they've they got to be at the top of your list. Yeah, I'd say my big fantasy takeaway for this week was just, uh, just keep an eye on who played limited minutes coming into a double game week because that's usually a good indication of who will get a – full workload. Um, Justin Merriman, it looks like uh, there are some concerns about getting back into the United States if you were to go off and uh, play with Iraq. So I think he is staying put. And like you guys said, you know, he came off early against Toronto. So we could see another uh, full workload out of him this week. Do you all feel like you've been seeing, we've been seeing fewer players go that full 180 than we have in the past? I do. Yeah. Um, unless you're a defensive midfielder or a center back, it's, or a, a low work rate forward, it's really tough to get the full 180. Well, that moves us right into housekeeping then. Uh, just so everyone knows, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, be it tonight on Tuesday or tomorrow morning, Wednesday, uh, games start on tomorrow, Wednesday the 31st. So round 14, Wednesday the 31st at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time is when teams will lock. No Thursday start this week, no Friday lock, to be for sure. 
this is the last double game week we have for a little bit, so this month has been rough as far as fantasy goes. So don't forget to set your teams tomorrow. The reason we're having this is because, once again, we have a big double game week to contend with. We have eight teams on a double game week. We have Columbus, D.C., Houston, New England, New York City with a double home game, Orlando with a double home game, Real Salt Lake with a double away game, and then Seattle. Now, all those other teams have one home, one away, but New York City and Orlando have the double home, and RSL has the double away game. Uh, that, that can play a big part in rotations and just in overall points. As we mentioned before, the Canadian Championship is going on right now. Montreal is destroying Vancouver. Uh, last time I checked, it was uh, 4-2, to two, so it's uh, <laughs> Vancouver's gotten a little bit back, but Montreal is still destroying everything. They brought out the A team, so consider that when you're looking at potential Montreal players or their opponent. Uh, that happened tonight on 5.30, Vancouver and Montreal. On 5.31, which is tomorrow and the day that we have MLS games starting, Toronto is taking on Ottawa. And Ottawa beat Toronto, so they may trot out a bit stronger of a team to take on on Ottawa. So just be aware, those Canadian teams are basically on a double game week this round. A uh, little bit of a housekeeping thing I want to let you all know. This is the last time we'll be hearing Jason talk for about a month. Um, you want to tell us why, Jason? Yeah, so uh, I really just have a lot of work stuff going on right now. It's it's a Q1 in my company, so I pretty much won't be getting home till after, you know, six or seven o'clock every night. So unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to have time to prep and be on this podcast with all my family obligations as well. But I will still be doing my weekly punt articles, so you'll get a little bit of me. And he'll probably send us a few picks every now and then. So you won't be hearing from Jason for a while. I'm sorry for all of you Jason fans, but we'll be sure to get our jabs in while he's gone. That's for sure. No, of course you will. God! Well, no, that... God, please, no! 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 Oh, a little Michael Scott for you guys there. That's pretty much what my reaction was when hearing about that news. That was. That was great. We, should, we need to work on getting a laugh the show uh, more often. Unexpected. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Had, um, a little drop in there. That's on board, guys. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for Patreon who continues to donate. All of our new donors and not. I uh, got some of the materials together to be able to start sending some things out, and I hope to get those out within the next week. Uh, working on getting the new order of pint glasses together so I can start sending those out as well. So it's coming. I'm sorry. Like I said, this month has been crazy with all of the early game week starts. It's really put some cramp in and how we try to get some things done. But swag is on the way. So thank you so much for everyone who donates. If you're interested in learning more about Patreon, just visit our website. That's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. Uh, and now, uh, Mike, do you think you can get the housekeeping done in, in some sort of reasonable time? Uh, define reasonable, Reed. Mm, before we usually close the podcast? Probably not, but um, I'll give it a shot. Um, yeah, this is a pretty long list. Uh, let's talk first international call-ups. Um, I've had a lot of questions about this today at MLS Injury News. The only P team, the only country that MLS players might miss for is the United States. Everyone else, the call-ups that you're seeing, they're going to report after their games. I have not seen any other country, including you know the big one, Canada, that says you have to report before this weekend's MLS games. So unless the player has been called up to the U.S. team, 
they're going to be playing this week. So U.S. call-ups, they will be missing this whole week, um, double game week, or regardless. Uh, Ramondo, Howard, Beasley, Hedges, Zussi, Beasler, Bradley, Nagby, Acosta, Bedoya, Morris, Dempsey, Josie. So they're out, you know, one or both games this week, depending on whatever games there are this week, they're out. Um, regular injury news, Kyoto missed um, last week with an ankle. He trained today, looked good in training, but uh, Cabrera would only say he's questionable, um, was kind of atypical and not giving a whole lot of information about his injury status. So you're kind of taking a risk with him, but he did look good in training. Steres left early with a hamstring injury. He is definitely out for the match against DC. Um, probably going to be an extended uh, absence for him. It, it did look serious. Um uh, Speaking of LA, Jermaine Jones may be available. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but he may um, is an option for Kurt Anofalo. Delgado for Toronto received a red card. Espinoza also received a red card. Obviously, they'll be suspended. Ring for New York City, yellow card accumulation. He is suspended. A few people, uh, double game week players who are on yellow card warning. So, you know, you have to be concerned about them picking up a yellow and then being suspended for the second half. Uh, not many big names, Beckerman, Sonny, Schuler, and Higuita. So probably not on your fantasy radar, but something to keep aware of. Uh, we had a whole bunch of disco decisions this week. RJ Allen for New York City, suspended for the match against New England. Burling for Colorado, suspended. Bunbury for New England, suspended for two matches. So he's missing both games for New England. Uh, Cronin, suspended. And then Ortiz was suspended for simulation. Then in a few other uh, injury notes, Alessandrini did not train today, but he is expected to play against D.C. United. Uh, Miram, just want to emphasize this, he's not reporting to Iraq. Um, I'm not sure well what the issue is, whether it's still the uh, international um visa issue or, or what but anyway he's taking a break for the summer you don't have to worry about him um being called up for a rock uh zimmerman he is out four to six weeks with an mcl strain uh giovinko he may play wednesday in the canadian championship game but then be held out saturday because they're going to new england and uh, vanny doesn't want to risk him on that turf so even if you see giovinko play on wednesday don't think that that's a guarantee that he's playing on saturday and then finally, Kaká, he is, he missed the match against Minnesota, and he is confirmed to be out uh, this Wednesday against uh, D.C. Uh, I'm not sure what if, if he'll be able to play against Saturday. Um, you know, we know Jason Kreiss's, uh love of being forthcoming about injuries, but he's at least missing one game. I, I wouldn't risk it because I don't know if he, he – he's probably going to come off the bench at best in the second game. So um, that's something to be concerned about because after this week – you know, is the big international break. So if you have players who are dealing with knocks and are not going international break, sometimes they can be benched just to make sure that they're good and healthy. So um, those are all the injury news that I saw. Obviously, there's a lot, so I might have missed something. But um, th those are the big ones to be concerned about this week. Hey, Mike, question for you. Um, does that mean for all the other international players uh, that they will be playing both games? Yes, I think so. Game? Yeah, they, 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 the, the international break starts technically on Monday. So everyone else is being expected to call up after that. So I, I have not seen anywhere that any other teams other than the U.S. are expecting players to come in such that they would miss MLS matches. 
gotcha. that's because there are World Cup qualifying games on the eighth, the eleventh, and the thirteenth. So there's a little bit of a gap there, and that's why those the delay for some teams. Yeah. And, and the U.S. is calling them up in early to try to get them acclimated to altitude. Like they're practicing yeah. in Denver, and I think there's a friendly before because they're trying to get get ready for the Azteca. Yeah, there's a friendly here in Salt Lake against Venezuela on June 3rd, I believe. Big times. Thank you so much, Mike, uh, for doing that. Uh, we may have to take you up on your thoughts sometime and do a separate podcast just for <laughs> injury reports. But comprehensive, as always, and good information. Uh, if anybody is interested in the double game week call up, double game weeks, if anyone's interested in the call up situations, you can check out uh, r slash fantasy MLS. Usually, Tim over from Soccer Captains here posts a nice comprehensive list of all the teams and all the players who are called up. This week, uh, Calvin Bit Nomad, who was on the show last week, got a very nice comprehensive list together that is posted right now, breaks everything down, has all the players listed. And uh, Tim, you like that one enough? You're going to take a break this time, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, he did a great job, Calvin. Uh, well done, and uh, a nice job last week too. So yeah, check it out on r slash fantasy mls reddit.com slash r slash fantasy mls. It's just simply titled International Call-Ups, and there's a little news icon next to it. So check it out. Very helpful. Very helpful. Now, even more helpful, the round 14 double game week preview. As we have done in the past when we have a lot of double game week teams, we think it's better to break it down team by team instead of game by game, and that's what we're doing tonight. So kicking things off, uh, Mike, we're going to talk about D.C. They got a road win or an Oscar or something, uh, but they, they got a win on the road. And are things looking up for D.C. going into this double game week? No, they had no business winning that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> um, You know, while, while Ortiz is probably enjoying a, you know, getting a break and getting a free trip to Disney World, um, as a result of that uh, dive, um, th- th- this team still has the same problems it has. Um, Niarco, I don't think I mentioned this, he may be coming back and joining the team, so they may get a little bit of offensive help, but you know, I, I don't think if you're a team that's struggling to create chances, a, a trip to Orlando to-, to play down there is not what you need. Um, I would love to be able to tell you about how Patrick Mullins is awesome because he's cheap, but you know, I-, I don't think there's a whole lot of options here. Um, there's no one here that's a consistent score. You, you know, anyone here is probably going to be a differential. I, I think the one player um, that you could look at is uh, Jeffrey. He's a 5.3 midfielder. He's generally consistent three to four, but you know, for 5.3 and at that uh, at that price for at least a decent con- um, decent point generation. You know, you, you can make an argument, well, I want to try to free up some money elsewhere if you want to load up on a lot of the big-name Fords. Other than that, I don't think that there's anyone from D.C. that I would want unless, like you, like I said, you're going pure differential. You know, maybe Niarco if, if he plays or, or Patrick Mullins. But I, I you're just kind of going on a wing and a prayer there. I don't think there's anything in the numbers that they've produced that would justify that right now. Um, you know, Orlando at DC, I would expect that to be a two nothing win for Orlando. I think Orlando can keep the clean sheet, so I wouldn't expect much DC offense. Um, and then if DC at home for LA. LA's done most of this three game winning streak on the road. In fact, I think all their games have been on the road, so I don't think that's going to curtail them or make them less threat. So I don't think DC can keep a clean sheet. They probably lose that one two one. 
uh, as well. So I'd, I'd be more interested in the LA players from that game than any of the DC players. So other than Jeffrey, I, I think there are much better options in this gluttony of GDW players than anyone um, from DC. Tim, Columbus is licking their wounds from last week. Do you think they have anything left in their tank for round 14? I want you to hear me out on this. We all know they got taken to the SmackDown Hotel by Toronto last week. All right. I'm just going to keep going with the wrestling references, by the way. However, so, they, got, they got SmackDown Raw. Oh, uh, they did. That, that behind is looking quite raw. You're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Seattle has scored six games, or scored six goals in their last six matches. And Colorado, while they've been pretty stiff defensively, they haven't exactly put up a ton of goals at home either. So we could make the case that it's a pride thing for Columbus here, and they could come out you know, a little angry and say, you know what, that was BS. This isn't going to happen again. Let's really tighten it up on the defensive side. Um, personally, I won't be picking up any defenders. I may go with Zach Steffen at goal behind Joe Bendick. But, you know, you can definitely make the case that there is a chance for some defensive returns from this team. If you're going to be picking a Columbus player, though, I would personally, at least on my team, I'm looking at the trio of Justin Merrim, uh, Frederico Higuain, and Ola Kamara, and um, in that order as well in terms of in terms of preference. Uh, Merrim, he got a little bit of a break last time, or last week against Toronto. He didn't play the full 180 uh, the last double game week. Um, what did he get? He got... Yeah, he got 82 minutes against Toronto the first time and then uh, full 90 against Montreal. So he he has the capacity to pull grab a full 180. Same thing with Higuain. He got a full workload last time. Ola is the one really that's the biggest rotation risk of the three. Um, but for scores, I'm predicting a 2-1 win against Seattle and then a 1-1 draw against Colorado. Ooh, interesting. A little bit of a bounce back here. I'm feeling good about Columbus. Okay, okay, good. Good. Uh, Jason, Houston's been performing mostly as expected so far, so is this going to be a, a win and a loss for them as they're splitting home and away? Yes, um, I think that they uh, – I actually think that they're going to draw against RSL um, in Houston 2-2. Uh, um, and I think the players you need to target for Houston are going to be Torres and Alex, if anybody. I have Alex slightly ahead of Torres, and the reason being is because Alex, um, for his price point, and also because he's on most set pieces, um, obviously not PKs. Um, so I think that, like I said, that's going to end in a draw. And then I think Houston versus Seattle, uh, or I should say Houston at Seattle, I think that also ends in a draw as well. Um, with you know Houston, um, one of the worst road teams this season. Um, and Seattle losing a lot of offensive firepower. Uh, I think that this one also ends in a draw 1-1. So I think uh, Houston comes away with two points. Uh, did any of the other Houston forwards get, get any love from you, or is it really is Torres really that much better? Well, I think Torres performs much better when Elise and Kyoto play. Um, I know uh, Minotas did pretty well. Uh, there were a lot of missed chances when I brought him in. I think it was like two or three weeks ago. Um, but I really think that the two Honduran wingers really make a difference for Torres. But with both of them getting called up, 
we don't know if they're going to leave this weekend. I mean, it, nothing is for sure. And hashtag because MLS, they'll probably both leave before the second game. So that's why I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going with the safe picks, the ones that I know aren't getting called up. That's why I'm going with Alex and Torres. Sounds good. Sounds good. So Tim, we mentioned earlier how, uh, New England frustrated New York a little bit at the beginning of the game, but then they were the ones who left frustrated at the end. Do you think they can turn it around as they have two tough games this week? Uh, I don't think this is the round that they're going to turn it around personally. Um, you know, Toronto, uh, we can't say it enough. They're firing on all cylinders at, th- at this point. And New York is no slouch either. I mean, you're talking about two of the highest scoring teams in the MLS here. So at least from a defensive side, I mean – Cody Cropper is is great at four mil, and you know he had a hell of a save against Kamar Lawrence last week, who uh, had that rocket from outside of the box. But you know, made for a good television highlight, uh, but ultimately didn't go his way. And I don't see really going his way again this week. Um, the only defender I would consider from New England really is Antonio Delamea, just for his bonus point potential. But he's actually uh, coming off my bench here this week. Um, I may swap him in at some point, but he's probably going to be uh, a switcheroo candidate. Um, on the attacking end, I mean, you've got Lee Wynn is always consistent uh, in terms of being a bonus point earner and being involved in pretty much all of their scoring plays. Um, and Diego Fugundes is a really good high upside guy and uh, somebody got to have at 7.7. So really those two guys are the ones that I'm targeting this week for my squad. Okay, Jason, uh so nothing but frustrations for this game against New York City, uh, losing it there at the end. Uh, uh, do you think they've gotten this loss out of their system and now back at home for two games, they're good to go? I do. Um, obviously, this I feel like this season more than most, um, the home team really has the advantage. Uh, so I think that with New York City being at home for two matches, uh, I really think it's going to benefit them offensively and defensively. So for the first matchup, they play against New England, um, and I think uh, I do think New England does score one um, against New, uh, New York City. So I think it's going to end two-one. Uh, but from this one, there's four players that I really like uh, for New York City. Uh, obviously, Via, I think he's a must-have, uh, especially if he starts the first game. Um, I really like Callens, the defender at four point seven. I think it's great budget pick. Um, obviously Harrison, he's, uh, just been killing it this year. And then, um, Morales is another player that I really like this week. Um, I currently have Via, Callens and, um, Morales in my lineup, but I may be changing Morales out for Harrison here in a little bit. And then, um, <clears throat> New York play again at home against Philly who are coming off a, lost to RSL here in Salt Lake. And I really think that New York City handles Philadelphia at home 3-0 um, with the exact same picks of Villa, Callens, Morales, and Harrison. Very nice. Uh, what's the reason for maybe switching Morales for Harrison? Just a free-up um, budget. I think Harrison is like 7.9 and Morales is 9.5. Um, potentially possibly get somebody else instead of maybe Alexander get Rusnak or, you know, something or Alex instead of Rusnak or something like that. All right. Fair enough. Tim, the other double home game week team that we have is Orlando. Uh, will they seem some magic again now that they're back at home? Will Laren break his scoring drought? 
You know, it's been a rough past six matches for Orlando, taking only two points out of their last six matches and uh, and dropping four, which is the worst out of all MLS teams in that stretch. Um, however, DC United is the perfect salve for any team looking to break out of that slump. And God, it makes me so happy to have, be able to say that. Um, so, you know, you've got DC at home and Mike mentioned it earlier. Chicago is a bit of a dumpster fire as well on the road. They cannot put it together on the road. They are only effective at home and they're missing Dax McCarty this week. He's been called up. So I like Kyle Aaron a lot. I think he, uh, despite not having Kaká behind him, will still be able to find a way to put at least two goals in this round. You heard it here. Um, and then defensively, you know, I mentioned before, I've got Joe Bendick and um, I don't know, you know, uh, Scott Sutter's probably, thanks to Jay, Jay's shout out before, Scott Sutter's probably going to be uh, rotating in and out. So I don't know. I might just stick with Bendick on the back, on the defensive side and uh, look to differentiate or at least uh, diversify uh, with other teams. Okay, Mike, uh, RSL eked out a win against uh, Philadelphia, but Texas is going to be two big challenges for them. Uh, are you player pass for those players this week? I'm generally pass. Um, if you look at RSL's uh, record on the road, it, it's not pretty. Um, you know, one lo zero loss to Seattle is actually one of their better results. Uh, four nothing loss to New England. Three nothing loss to Kansas City. Uh, they got a win two one against Colorado, and then you know four two loss Minnesota, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's it's just not been pretty for RSL on the road. They've kind of been able to recover a little bit at home. Um, but we know how good Houston is at home. I mean, they're one of the best teams uh, in the league at home, and that's saying something considering how much we've talked about how strong teams are at home. Um, so I, I don't see much for them. Um, the same is also really true for, for Rusnak. Rusnak is a, a very different player at home versus away. Um, you know, he's generally like a seven-pointer at, at home, but he, he's three to four at best when he's on the road. So for me, I'm passing uh, RSL totally this round. Uh, you know, I, I could understand taking a flyer on Rusnak, but generally, you know, the, the depletion that they still have is, is still in play. Um, they're still not really equipped to, to handle a double game week. Um, so I, I think, especially since we don't see their lineup, they're one of the bigger rotation risks uh, of anyone, even though they are playing two conference in conference teams. So uh, I'd, I'd understand if you, if you wanted to go with Rusnak, um, you know, for his ceiling, um, I, I don't see them keeping a clean sheet against either team. Um, I would predict that they lose three to nothing at Houston and two nothing at Dallas. Ouch. Well, you know, sorry, Jason. Um, Jason, speaking <laughs> of you, <laughs> uh, Seattle is a team that's pretty much in shambles right now. Are they worth betting on for this round, or are you going to wait until they're showing some more signs of life? Um, I, I'm actually going. I mean, I think that Ladero is somebody that you can always take a flyer on just because it's Ladero. Uh, only problem is with Dempsey and Morris gone, um, you really don't have any forward options. Um, an interesting option, though, would Will be Bruin. Joe... I'm sorry, what? Will Bruin. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. you got to give love to the dancing bear. Um, but uh, I think that Jovan Jones is an interesting pick as well um if he is playing more forward 
It's kind of like the Madranda situation, listed as a defender, but attacking a lot more. But uh, with that being said, I think that Seattle at Columbus, um, I think Columbus takes this uh, 2-1, especially with the defensive and offensive losses for Seattle. And then um, Seattle is at home against Houston. And we, like I mentioned before, Houston is one of the worst road teams. Um, and I think that Seattle ekes out a draw uh, 1-1. Um, yeah. So the, the three players that I would potentially target for this for Seattle would be um, Ladero, Joven Jones, and then um, it says Roland on my iPad, but I know it's rolled in. So. Roldan. Roldando. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, this, the double game week teams. Uh, guys, anything that you didn't get to mention about any team that you want to have said? All in on Orlando City defense. They're going to snap the streak. They're in front of the wall. They're going to do work. Sutter, I mean, uh, excuse me, not Sutter, Spectre and Aha and Bendik and Laren. Get them in your lineup. To, to me, the, the curveball of this round um, is Seattle being so gutted without Dempsey and, and Morris. Um, I, I think that maybe alleviates some of the concerns about Houston having be, to go on the road since you know Seattle's not going to be able to put up as strong as a lineup against them. So uh, I'm kind of pro-Houston uh, this week, even though they have that that road game. That's my, uh, my pro tip for you all this week. Go Houston. <laughs> Travis appreciates that. <laughs> Great. Well, that wraps it up for the double game week teams. Now we're going to move on to single game week teams. This will be quick because usually double game week teams have a high performance during these big double game weeks. Uh, check out Travis's recent article actually over at MLSsoccer.com to see some comparisons that he has of how double game week players do compared to single game week players. Very interesting. Some good tips there. Uh, but Jason, you saw some interesting things when you were manning the fantasy Twitter account about single game week players. Yeah, there were. Uh, I was just doing the the MLS fantasy account, and um, uh, I noticed a lot of uh, fantasy managers had single game week players. So Alessandrini, um, Wondolowski, Youngworth, Valeri, uh, just all these single game week players, and it it really kind of baffled me. Um, a lot of Chicago players too, and. It's just, uh, I, I don't know if, you know, because of the rotation, people are just trying to, uh, you know, possibly gain ground somewhere else. But uh, in my opinion, I think that, you know, especially with this many double game weeks, you go with the people that, you know, have played every minute. You go with the people that are locked and loaded that you know are going to play and possibly not uh, get called up. Um, but, yeah, it was just odd. I just didn't really understand a lot of people – having Chicago defenders on the road, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. blows my mind. Well, sure. Well, you know, that's there's always a few single-game week players that eke their way into the dream team for that, but I think it still stands that double-game week players tend to be the best way to go for most of these games. Of course, look at the fixtures that are coming up, the matchups, the form, whatever you want to call it, however you want to look at it. When it's a bad game, it's a bad game, even for a double-game week team. Uh, but now, speaking of what might be a bad game, Jason, uh, San Jose versus Portland. Are there any but any players from this team that you think are worth picking over a double gaming player? Uh, wow, that says all right there, I guess. Yep, I wouldn't touch anybody. Um, maybe Youngworth, but probably not. 
I'm not touching anyone. I don't think it's worth it. All right. Uh, Tim, Philadelphia, they've had a nice run. It seems like the party's over now. Anybody worth a look? No, like you said, you know, nice run, uh, strong form, but nobody worth really looking at over uh, any single game or any double game week players from this team anyway. Okay, Mike, the hot team of the hour, uh, uh, Atlanta, can they keep it up on the road? Uh, I, I think they, they don't. Um, obviously, you're going to have to look at Almiron 9.7. Uh, because he scored five goals in the last two games. So, you know, when someone's that hot, you're definitely going to take, take a look at them. But, you know, Vancouver hasn't been giving up a whole lot of goals. Mo- most of their games, uh, opponents are either being shut out or, or one or two. Uh, and so I don't think Atlanta's going to go cross-country and, and totally blow them out, especially since we know that Vancouver pretty much rested uh, their team midweek. Yeah. Um, and Almiron on the road hasn't been all that impressive except for that, you know, game against Minnesota, which is pretty pretty clearly an outlier. Uh, on the road, he'll, he'll, he will throw up threes and fours um, more than he get those double digits. Um, so I, I understand if you want to take that risk, but I, to me, I think the double game week players are better. All right, Tim, speaking of teams on the road, Minnesota is back on the road to San Sporting Kansas City, and they've cracked their armor before. Do you think they can do it again, and will that make them worth a shot? Um, you know, I think they might be able to uh, if they had a full roster. They're losing a lot of players to Costa Rica. You know, Kevin Moliano, Johan Venegas, those are two integral parts of that attack. So I think, uh, I think, they, get, I think they get shut out this week. Nobody worth it. Yeah. Uh, so, Jason, you mentioned we mentioned the first part of this game. Uh, San Jose, disappointing home loss. Uh, Portland, nobody. <laughs> Just checking. TK is going to be angry that you yawned at one. Oh, that would be interesting. He, yeah, he cut out. But, um, yeah, Wondolowski would be the only one that uh, I would pick. But uh, we'll save that pick for TK. Not for me. <laughs> not, not for this round. Okay, Tim. Moving on to San Jose's opponent from last round. Uh, San Jose won on the or uh, LA won on the road against San Jose, uh, and now they're playing against a struggling DC. Worth it? Potentially. I personally have uh, Romain Alessandrini in a switcheroo right now. He could really put up some big numbers. You know, they lose Gio Dos Santos to international duty, but you know, Manuel Boateng should be able to see some uh, some time out of the wing in his place and. Uh, what can I say? You know, you got Boateng, Zardes, McBean all up top. Alessandrini pulling the strings behind him. I, uh, I like their chances here. So for those keeping score, I believe that's a De La Mea, Alessandrini switcheroo that you have going. That, that is. pretty pricey. Yeah. But uh, fortunately, I am uh, flush with cash right now. Flush with cash. I have a lot of, a lot of 7 million midfielders. Yeah, I have a flashback. Why don't you have Parks and Rec queued up so you can just do flush with cash. Uh, Botched it. I Next time. It I did it for you right there. There we go. I hope everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike, uh, as we said, Montreal is getting it done right now with their A team. Is that going to carry through to their game? I, I think it could. Um, you know, New York Red Bulls have really struggled away from home, uh, you know, their last game notwithstanding. Um, Montreal, with, with the addition of Zamali, um, has looked better. Uh, you know, we, we don't have a whole lot of information, just the, the game against Portland and this game against Vancouver, uh, that they're crushing it. But, I, you know, I, I don't 
thick Red Bulls have been all that good on the road. So I'm expecting them to do well. Uh, not super well, um, 2-1. Um, I don't know. I, I personally would, if I'm looking for anyone, uh, Piotr or Zamali, um, I personally think there's too many midfield options and double game weeks that are good. But uh, I, I think this is one where you kind of keep an eye on it and watch and kind of get some information for later because I, I, I think Montreal could be a really good uh, fantasy option going forward. Scouting game. Tim, we mentioned uh, Sporting Kansas City earlier. They're probably going to want revenge against uh, Minnesota. Are they going to get it? I think they will, or at, you know, at a minimum, get a zero-zero draw. Um, you know, they lose Matt Beasley, Graham Zuzzi to international duty, and uh, Roger Espinosa is on a red card. But like I said before, Minnesota has a lot of players out as well. So I personally wouldn't pick anybody on SKC over any double game week players. But yeah, I think we could see uh, see a little bit of revenge here for SKC this week. One nothing win, zero zero draw. A nice gift for Blaine to help celebrate his his new baby. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Jason, uh, New York. They got the fire lit under their butt last week and, and got it done. Now they're going to Montreal. Mike thinks they might not do it. Do you agree? And do you think they're worth it over a double game week team? Yeah. So with Montreal playing tonight, I believe they just won five to two or five to three. They actually threw out um, a lot of uh, their standard players, Piatti, Zamali, Simon. Um, so I think that, you know, coming off of a game right now, it's essentially like they'd be playing a double game week. Um, but with that being said, New York has not been a good road team, and I don't think either team does very well. I think they draw 1-1, and I personally – don't like anybody from this game, but like Mike said before, um, Zamali I think will be this year's Ladero, uh, especially at his price point of I believe it's seven point five. Um, so that's 8. something. 5. I'm sorry, eight point five. I think that that's something you can really uh, you know put him on your watch list. He pretty much plays in the ten role, um, right behind. Um, uh, is it Oduro, I believe, is a or Manis, Maniscalco or whatever his name is. I'm not sure who is their striker. Um, but, yeah, I think he's one to definitely uh, keep on your watch list. Nice, right, and that score is 4-2, and I believe with the home and away split, that is enough to uh, put Montreal into the final round. So good job. Good job for them. Can, can uh, I interrupt with a random Montreal rant? Of course. Uh, um, I hate Montreal just because they don't know how to put out a lineup in a picture like a civilized team does in the age of social media. <laughs> it pisses me off that I have to wait, wait 45 seconds to go through their stupid GIF to see who's playing. Just put it in a picture. Sorry to interrupt. You know, you can also access those lineups from the MLSsoccer.com webpage. Click on well, I'll have to do that for Montreal. <laughs> and I want it on no, Twitter. I agree. I agree. It's uh, easier, and I'm grumpy and Dang it. <laughs> and get off my lawn, you kids. That's right. Um, no, I know. I agree. Those, those kids little kids can be kind GFC of frustrating. Fancy videos. Back in my day, we just had a lineup with pictures and names, and it was easy. I didn't have to take 45 seconds. You stupid baggy pants and your music and your hair. Uh, anyway, Toronto, or not Toronto, Vancouver, the other, other Canadian team playing tonight. Um, they're hosting Atlanta, I believe. Um I don't know. Can they cool Atlanta off, Tim? Do you think Vancouver's worth a shot? Not from a fantasy, not from a fantasy perspective. Uh, they lose Kendall Watson, Christian Bolaños to Costa Rica. Yeah, I mean, 
If I could yawn, I would, but uh, I'm actually wide awake right now. Had a, had a solid workout before. There we go. Jason. There it is. I think that should go in the, the pre-episode highlight reel, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Toronto, the, the final Canadian team that is playing tomorrow night, or Wednesday, is when they are playing. Uh, Mike, do you think they have enough depth to stay strong against New England and be worth a single-game week shot? Um, I, I think they have the depth to, to be strong. Um, you know, they are going to they, – what Vanny has said is that they're going to put out an A-plus lineup for this Canadian championship. Um, if you don't know the backstory, um, Toronto thought they had clinched the next uh, bid for Canada – for the Champions League, and then we're told no, that they would only have a spot for a play-in game versus the winner for this year's Canadian Championship. Well, as you might imagine, Toronto fans don't appreciate that too much, but they're trying to go hard to make sure that that play-in game doesn't happen by winning the game of the championship this year. So they are going to go full strength, um, even though they're not going to have Giovinco and Josie Altidore and Michael Bradley. They are going to have options like Vasquez um, and Ricketts. Uh, the, with the way Vasquez is playing, I, I certainly think he's an option. Uh, 9.2, um, he's the assist leader in all of MLS right now. Personally for me, I think it's too much uh, of a drag on them. They've had to decide too many games and too recent of a period. Uh, and I would expect Toronto to be kind of looking to, to rest some players for this game to, to avoid the turf. Um, we all know how bad New England's turf is and, and what that can do to players. So I'm not confident that Toronto puts out a full-strength lineup um, in this match. So I, I think New England um, will win it 2-1. Um, um, if you're going anyone, um, you know, there's arguments for Ricketts or Edwards or, or, or Vasquez. Personally, I, I wouldn't risk it because I think Toronto's going all in midweek, and then they have so many points, I think they're just going to blow off the game against New England just to make sure they're healthy for the stretch run to try to, to win the Shield and, you know, the Canadian Championship and all the trophies that, you know, they have a legitimate chance to get if they don't have injuries that, that ruins the depth that they have. So stay away from uh, Toronto this week, um, in my opinion, but th there are some options if you're just really looking for a differential. Okay, Jason, uh, I find Dallas to be a bit of a head-scratcher just with some of the ups and downs they've had. Do you think this is going to cause them to scumble against RSL and um, just make them not worth anything? Um, well, with Hedges and, and Kellen Acosta out on international duty um, and Ramondo out for RSL, I really think that uh, FC Dallas do win this game. Uh, the good thing for RSL is they don't really have to travel very far from Houston to Dallas. But um, it's hot. It's in a foreign environment. Um, and RSL, like Mike said before, they're not a very good road team. I think uh, Dallas win this game 2-1 to one or 1-0. One, one to nil. Um, I think it's going to be more of a 2-1. to one. Um I do think that Rusnak uh, and Plata will do well this double game week. I don't think that it, it's going to be worth it to, to get either of them in your squad. But um, another interesting single game week player coming out of this would be Mauro Diaz. He is healthy. He's training. Um, I'm personally going to wait a little bit to see how he does because typically players coming off of injury take a little bit to shake the rust off. But we all, but we all know Mario Diaz is one of the best uh, fantasy targets in this game, especially when he's healthy. Um, but I really don't like anybody from this game either. Uh, Tim Colorado started to find a few goals. Is it going to be enough against Columbus? Jason, hit me with that yawn. 
I like this. I like this a lot. Yeah, that's that's all I got, man. No fantasy <laughs> value here. Nope. And finally, Mike, uh, Chicago's back on the road. Uh, do you think they're worth sticking with at all for a double game week? Oh, wow, you guys right? really good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jason pretty much covered it. Uh, Chicago on the road is a different animal than Chicago at home. Um, uh, all their stores, cores go down uh, significantly. Uh, no, go for the double game week players. Um, I, I could see this being a 2 1 Orlando win. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Orlando can keep the clean sheet, but I mean, Ch- Chicago's really struggled on the road, so it's not out of the question for Orlando. So I'm not touching Chicago players this week. All right, and that's all we have for our round 14 previews. As expected, double game week teams highly favored. A few single game week options if anyone wants to consider those, uh, but few and far between. Double Gaming is the way to go. Guys, let's move on to your picks, starting with Keeper. Jason. Uh, Joe Bendick, 4.9 as your starter, and Cody Cropper, uh, 4.0 for your sub. That's all you need. Tim. Yeah, Joe Bendick's my guy. I got uh, I might switch to Tyler Derrick on the bench. I don't know. I'm going to stick with Joey B, though. Mike. Uh, I'm going to go with Sean Steffen. He's 0.3 cheaper than Bendick. Uh, I think Seattle, um, that's a game that you rotate. Um, you know, if, if you're Seattle, especially with the depth that they have, losing um, Dempsey and Morris. Um, and so I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me that Ladero sits that game. And then we know Colorado can't score. So uh, I like Steffen this week. All right, Tim, defenders. All right, we got Spectre from Orlando. We've got Chano from New York City. We've got Marshall from Seattle. Give me those center backs, boys. Mike? Um, I have what I call uh, a Jason Wiskovich in the back line. That's all Orlando defenders. Suter, <laughs> Koya, and Aha. Um, and I also have uh, Kyle Lins on the bench. I like it. You're tr- trying to figure out another triple switcheroo that are proof of that you really wanted to do? No, I actually have no switcheroo whatsoever. Nope. I just have Kyle Lins as a backup in case one of the decent <laughs> players in the play. Nope. To, to me, there there's no excuse to doing a switcheroo this week. I agree 100%. Uh, maybe a double, though, but not just a regular. Anyway, um, I have uh, AHA, Spectre, uh, Callens, and then I think that if you really want to go with the pricey defender, um, Shunout, Chinout, Shunout. I don't really know how you say his name, but there you go. None of them are right, Jason. <laughs> not, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And to go with people talking about Columbus, just remember what happened against Toronto's B team. That's all I'm going to say. 5 nil. I don't know if I call it their B team. I mean, come uh, on. Midfielders, Mike. All right. I, I have a juicy buffet of top midfielders in my lineup. I have Maxi Morales, Lee Wynn, Nicholas Ladero, Alex, and Justin Miram. Same Z's. Completely the same? Yeah, Ladero, Wynn, Mara, Morales, and Alex. Wow. Tim? I've got Wynn and Morales, but I've also got Diego Fagundes. I've got Jack Harrison, and I've got Christian Rolden from Seattle. I think I think he's going to put a, he's got a, he's got a high floor this week. High floor. Wow, two different takes indeed. Uh, Jason, who do you have it forward? Who do you have it forward? Uh, Laren and David Villa. Tim? I've got Kubo, Torres, and Villa, although I may find a way to get Laren in. Did you run with three forwards then? Oh, no, no. Just rolling two this week. Okay. Five midfielders. Who would you swap Laren for? Well, I'd I'd, I'd definitely keep Davi Villa. Got to keep Davi Villa. Uh, Kubo, (laughs) Torres, of course. Gotcha. Mike? 
Can we ask Tim more about why he loves David Villa? John, just kidding. Um, I have uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a uh, David Villa and uh, Kibo Torres. The uh, Laren is the the man out. I would sub him in for um, Kibo if, if if I brought him in. But uh, yeah, I have um, Kibo and Villa this week. And finally, Captain Tim. I'm going to go with Lee Wynn. Um Just the bonus point potential there. You know, it's a. It's a pretty high floor, but he's also got a pretty high ceiling if he can manage to uh, to find the back of the net or get a couple of assists. Mike? Um, th- this is something you all should all be aware of. I'm picking David Villa as captain, so you probably should not pick David Villa as captain. <laughs> I thought that was me. Well, it's it was me. Then it went to you. I'm not sure where it is. It might be back to me, so just be careful. <laughs> it just shuffles around. Got it. Jason? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go uh, David Villa as captain, but let me ask you guys something. We'll blame him this week. Okay, I like that. Uh, Especially because he's not going to be on for a month. I can totally blame him. Yeah, I'm going to be hearing a lot of hashtag 44s and yawns or something like that. But uh, Ooh, hashtag yawn. With with uh, with Ladero being without Dempsey and Morris, do you guys feel that it would be safe to possibly drop Ladero this week and then upgrade other positions? So maybe add Kubo Torres up top with Laren and Via, you know, things like that. I think actually Ladero's value goes up because he's more likely to be a goal scorer. If you remember last year, um, the double game week against Houston, he came off the bench and had to score, and he and he did. Um, I think without them, I think he's a little bit free instead of to try to create chances for them um, to go get goals himself. So he may not be as dependent of a goal of a bonus point producer, but I think he's more likely to score goals because I mean their only other option is, is Will Bruin. So I, I don't think that alone changes it. Now if he's not in the starting lineup for Columbus, then maybe I'm a little nervous and I think about taking him out for someone else. But um I I, th- I, I think he's still a very potent uh off offensive fantasy option without them because he shifts into a goal scorer. Very good question. I like that. Well, thank you so much, guys, for all of your player picks and your thoughts on the games. I hope everyone found that useful in making their selections for the games that start tomorrow, if you're listening to this tonight, or today, if you're listening to this on Wednesday. 7.30 is when teams lock. Be sure to get your team set. Now, moving on to community time, my favorite time. The top scorer from the r slash fantasy MLS league was Jeff Smith, manager of Team Gam Tam with 108 points. Uh, That was just too shy of the top overall score, so congrats, man. Very nice, very nice. Moving on to the MLSFI Patreon League, RJ Gage maintains his lead uh, with a 9-1-2 record. Uh, Bit Nomad and Josh Lewis are down there. I think they both lost this round. Uh, 9-0-3 is where the second and third place guys sit, just separated by points. So things are tight, to say the least, in the r slash or sorry, the MLS FI Patreon League. And finally, my favorite league, even though I didn't do so well this time, the MLS MLS FI Hosts Head-to-Head League. Uh, I lost to Phil, uh, 76-257, so congrats, man. I had a horrible week, but I'm glad that I lost to you. Um, Moving on, Ivan from Fantasy Football First, taking on Blaine, won 80-63. Tim, tell us about your game. You teased it already. Oh, yeah. 62-62. Well played, Jason. And the the great part is we both had completely different teams, which was fantastic. (laughs) I do like that. 
Very good. Very good, fellas. Uh, Simon took on fantasy football 24-7 and did not do what he needed to. He lost 67-80. to uh, Ben Bear lost to Andrew Crawlard 60-70. to So good job, Andrew, doing, doing some good representation there. Andrew Weeby made his trades this round. Uh, unfortunately, he went You're up against Guy Sanchez, who also made his trades this round <laughs> and lost by 5 points, 65-70. to I'm glad I did not play Andrew Weeby this time. That would have been hugely embarrassing. Good job, Guy. And then finally, Travis played Mike. How'd that go, Mike? It was also a draw, uh, 74 to 74. Um, I think we had together with the two. We were the second best score of the round, and we met each other in time. <laughs> it was it was fun. Uh, two draws during so the round. So, Travis, I, I would say good game, but good game, but in consideration of your team name, I'll just say thank you. <laughs> Domo arigato, Mr. Kubato. Very nice. I, I do love Travis's name. He always has fun names. Uh, next round, Mike is taking on Guy. Ivan from Fantasy Football First is taking on me. Tim, you are taking on Phil. Simon is taking on Blaine. Ben Bear is taking on Jason. Andrew Weeby is taking on Fantasy Football 24-7. Oh, come on, Andrew. Please make your trades this week. We're rooting for you. And uh, Travis is taking on Andrew Crawlard. So it will be a good match for uh, a double game week, to say the least. That's all that I have for the show tonight. Guys, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Tim. Yeah, just uh, feel free to come check me out at Soccer Captains on Twitter, my website, SoccerCaptains.com. Also, a quick shout-out to my beautiful, gorgeous, funny, lovely girlfriend, Kelly. It is her 29th birthday tonight, and she was kind enough to let me record this with you guys despite our uh, our brief postponement yesterday. So happy birthday, Kelly. Love you, boo. Happy birthday. Mike. Um, not, nothing um, other than MLS injury news. Make sure you follow and tweet me, especially if you see call-ups, because that's the one thing I have a really hard time keeping track of. So make sure you tweet that at me so I can tweet it out to everyone else. Jason, your last plug for a month. Um, yeah, just uh, continue uh, reading my uh, punts. I appreciate it. Getting over 500 reads literally within about, I'd say, about a four-hour period, which is fantastic. So thank you guys for the support. Thanks for all of your punt recommendations. Um, love, peace, chicken grease. See you on the other side. Oh, that's new. And, of course, for myself, uh, check out all the articles popping up at MLSsoccer.com. Travis had a great piece already. I'll be putting out some player picks tomorrow. Uh, check out everything on MLSfantasyboss.com. We're going to be having articles coming up tonight. If you're listening tonight or tomorrow morning, there'll be things popping up there, the Memorial Day holiday and the Wednesday games. Kind of cramped everything this week, but there'll be some charts. There'll be some some player recommendations from Jason and, and uh, XG numbers as well. So check it out at MLSfantasyboss.com. And you can also catch me talking about fantasy soccer on the United States of Soccer show with Jason Davis on Sirius XM. And if you look nowhere else, go to r slash fantasy MLS and check out all the tips and news and join the conversation that happens there on Reddit. It's a fantastic community. That being said, good luck. Oh.